Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shasai Podcast, conversations between scholars from around the world who study childhood, youth, and related institutions historically. As an official production of the Society for the History of Children and Youth, you can subscribe to these shows through iTunes or Google Play. Written and visual materials associated with each episode are available at our website, shcy.org. This episode is from the years 2014 through 16, when the series was called Childhood, History and Critique. Enjoy. Hi, this is uh, Pat Ryan uh, with uh, Childhood History and Critique for the Society for the History of Childhood and Youth, and I'm sitting in uh, Dublin, Ireland with uh, Mary Hatfield, who's one of the organizers of a conference, 20 Years of Growing. And uh, Mary, you're one of the organizers, so perhaps we should just start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm currently working on a PhD in Trinity College, Dublin. Um, and it's, uh, I primarily work on gender and childhood uh, in the 19th century. Um, so that's kind of how I became involved with, uh, with the committee and just sort of uh, trying to create um, a sort of network and also just a sort of, sort of uh, a bigger knowledge of what's out there in terms of uh, the study of Irish childhood. All right. And then second, you, you put out this call. What kind of response did your committee get uh, in terms of papers? Yeah, we were amazed actually at the response that we got and um, just the, the diversity of the papers that we uh, received abstracts for and the really kind of high quality of scholarship and kind of just really interesting to see what people are working on. So yeah, originally we didn't really know how many we were going to get and what kind of scale the conference was going to be on, so we were delighted when we had over um, 50 papers at the conference um, and we were ha- able to have uh, two days worth of you know three parallel sessions, so there was plenty of choice for attendees. Um, so yeah, so we were absolutely overwhelmed with the amount of response that we did get. Yeah, I, I would second that in that there was also a high quality of papers, and I thought you chose three uh, keynote speakers in a way that was um, thoughtful. You had, um, I hope I get all their names, Pat Dolan, right? Yeah. And he's a a social worker and is oriented around policy and current issues. Yeah. And he was very interested in, um, he told us a lot about uncovering um, really difficult stories of the treatment of children quite recently, bringing that to light. And then Hugh Cunningham, who our listeners will know very well as an important social historian of childhood. And um, then Declan... Declan Kyber. Kyber, yeah, who's an important literary critic yeah. and is at Notre Dame now. So it's, it, it was international and it was also... Absolutely, and Lindsay Erner Byrne as well. She That's started right. off the, you know, our first keynote, the first speaker, and I think, yeah, it was, it was absolutely brilliant that we had those four, and I think um, it just setting the tone from the beginning to the end of kind of different issues and different approaches, and I think that was one thing that definitely came out um, was just how many different approaches to the history of childhood there are. And yeah. there's so many ways into this. And I, so I think that was brilliant. And it was also like um, just in light of sort of recent kind of um, recent kind of findings in Ireland and everything was very timely to have, you know, kind of the social policy side of things um, as well as Lindsay and Burns' work. And yeah. If you had to pick 
um, based on the submissions and, and what we heard, what, what are two or three themes that seem particularly important in the history of uh, Irish childhood as it's being done in the last decade, in the last decade. Yeah. as reflected in the conference? Yeah, I think um, it is great. Uh, like, there is an absolute um, load of things being done, which is fantastic, and they're coming from a lot of different angles, which is, which is even better. Um, one thing that we kind of noticed as organizers that seemed to sort of be running through a lot of the panels was the idea of um, the involvement of the state uh, in childhood and when that's happening and the policies as well as the actual impact on the child uh, and when that is happening. So even you know from the 18th century, 19th century, 20th century, how these things are broadening out, how especially with Ireland and Britain's uh, close relationship, obviously, and the sort of historical... Uh, a difficult and troubled yeah, close we'll, relationship. We'll, put it, we'll encapsulate it very, very, that obviously doesn't reveal all the complexity, but, um, you know, kind of considering things like, you know, Hugh Cunningham's work, but putting that in context of Ireland and how, how does that match or maybe not match um, with the Irish experience in terms of kind of, um, there's talk about the res- rescuing the child and those kinds of things and how those take on maybe a different light in view of the colonial discourses. Let me follow up on that issue. So if one theme is uh, the state and social policy and institutions for children Mm -hmm. in, you know, my engagement with the conference and what I've learned and and reading in preparation for it, one of the things that struck me was there is both this close relationship, similarity, an English-speaking country, a country profoundly affected by the English colonial project. Therefore, had, there are these similarities to the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. yet also oriented in a different way than any of those other countries, including Wales and Scotland, England, you know, different than the rest of that English-speaking world. And it's manifested in ways that, well, the obvious institution thing that you would point to would be the church, but it's not that simple either. Mm-hmm. But some things just cry out for analysis and I and the things that strike me and I'd like you to add to them are um, the uh, heavy reliance on residential facilities throughout the 20th century to deal with poverty yeah. and is that a I mean elaborate on that thing because it struck me yeah yeah there were there were quite a few papers that um, were looking at aspects of that and um, it is. It's a very interesting sort of development. I think there's a lot of work being done now in kind of unpacking all the sort of nuances of that because obviously it does go through several changes. Um, yeah, there's some wonderful work being done on that and especially kind of the differences in the 20th century between Northern Ireland and the South and what happens sort of, uh, you know, once the free state is established yes. is obviously one area that's, that's um, being worked on. And I think, yeah, there's... There's probably a tendency to kind of simplify that narrative. And in terms of maybe just what's recently been going on with findings and stuff, I think that that's where the historian's role is becoming really kind of um, needed in public discourse to kind of, um, you know, see all the shades of grey in these sort of narratives as they are coming. In case the listeners don't know, we're talking about recovering mass graves also, you know, and how do we interpret that historically? And that's so shocking and difficult infanticide or infanticide um, 
questions about that? Yeah, as, as well that. as um, just the sort of, you know, uh, school abuse and kind yeah, of... Sexual abuse in the schools and... Yeah, and uh, well, I think it's also as well to keep, to realise that these are happening sort of in a global context. Absolutely. So there's nothing really kind of unique about Ireland with this, uh, with these allegations. Now, it's absolutely shocking. That doesn't take away any of the sort of impact of these events, but... Um, but the, but that those events can become so appalling that it, we drop our analytic abilities mm -hmm. in public discourse, and, all, and what we get is outrage. And it, uh, as I see it, if historians have a public role, it's precisely to be in control of that outrage, so that it doesn't disable analysis. And to ask those questions: How different is this? Yeah. Why did it come about in this way? What institutional frameworks? Are the same in Ireland? Why? What? Which ones are different? Yeah. And did that even matter? You know, and picking through that, and I think that we're probably just at the beginning of that process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there, there has been a, like an absolute Lindsay Innerburn, who's one, and um, Sarah Ann Buckley, and many others uh, that I can't remember all the names of at the moment. But there has been a lot of work sort of done on that, and it's gone through different phases. And I think. Um, you know, in terms of sort of the public repositories as well, there's more of an intention, attention being focused on um, what kind of records are there, uh, if the records are being preserved, and um, making sure that these stories are going to be sort of there for the historian to come in and, and, and have a look at. Um, but yeah, that was, that was definitely a theme through the conference, I think, absolutely. Yeah. The other one we sort of noticed as well, there's obviously sort of the more cultural side of things, um, in children's literature, mm -hmm. and also just the sort of, uh, maybe we could say the culture of childhood, the sort of material cultures, and, you know, the books, the toys, the clothes, the more recreative sort of side of things, so the youth clubs and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, that came through quite strongly as well, obviously. Yeah. So. Absolutely, and that's a strong theme within literature that I noticed uh, in preparation and, and participating in the conferences, that the formation of Irish nationalism, um, ethnic politics, the way it fits in with youth organizations as structures in the past that, that people who have tried to revive Irish culture, mm -hmm. this has been an important part of that process, which fits politically in with, um, with uh, anti-colonial projects, yeah. most obviously in the early 20th century leading to the Free State in 22 yeah right but um that that also sets up for me just a fascinating parallel i wonder what your thoughts are about this all of these countries in the english-speaking world are creating very similar organizations youth youth uh, boy scouts organizations youth organizations but in ireland they they um they look the same but maybe they're not is fianna really like the Boy Scouts, it's in some ways the counterpart, but Fianna's engaged in revolutionary activity. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was actually one of the bigger questions as well, is obviously if you're having a history of specifically Irish childhood, it's the kind of, it came up in a lot of the papers of just asking, um, well, at the end of the day, was there anything actually distinctly Irish or unique about this experience, or is it more, like you said, more of a global phenomenon and something that, uh, yeah, like the youth movements, obviously, there's huge kind of global comparisons there. Um, but, but yeah, it was a very, um, it was a very interesting way to look at something because, uh, like a lot of Irish historiography, obviously, it it may not be. Um, 
you know, it's still it's still in its developing phases, but it's obviously drawing very heavily on sort of American and British and French historiographies and obviously Australia and all these other places. So it's great that um, the Irish historiography can can approach that sort of comparative perspective that in a way that probably wasn't going to be possible maybe 15 or 20 years ago just from how far scholarship has come on in, in that period. But yeah, it was a, it, it's a great kind of question to ask of how Irish was the Irish childhood or Excellent. where did those things come from. The, the other thing that I just conclude with this sort of a compliment is that uh, you could do worse than having a conference in Dublin. Maybe the membership of Shy should think about whether or not they can rope you your team into uh, considering a, um, uh, a society conference here in Dublin. Yeah, I bet absolutely. you'd get big turnout. <laughs> Dublin is an absolutely gorgeous city, and it's a great place for a conference, and there's obviously plenty of things to do um, around town, and um, it, is, it is a great place. And um, Yeah, with the response that we've had for this conference, I think it's given us a big... Uh, impetus to continue on and there's a big momentum so I'm sure that uh, that, that would definitely be uh, something to think about for the future. Well it's been it's been a great experience in, for me and I, uh, I'm grateful to St. Patrick's College and the Irish Research Council and also for the Society of the History of Children and Youth, the three sp- uh, sponsors for the event and of course to your uh, committee Marnie and Riona and Gay and Sarah Ann and yourself, Mary. You've been great hosts. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Pat. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Shusai Podcasts. You can find more materials and features from the Society for the History of Children and Youth online. shcy.org.